Thank you, Father. Can you guys hear me okay? No, you can't. Not at all. What do I need to do now? I suppose. Oh, no. Okay, great. Because technical people know these things. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, and the gift of the Eucharist in which he comes to be with us. Help us to receive him, to receive the gift, uh, to receive the dandelions that he is giving to us. Send us your Holy Spirit and guide us. We ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, we've been talking about the Eucharist uh, this weekend, and especially how to encounter Jesus in the Eucharist. I have to tell you that when I talked to Father Scott Trainer and I was inviting him to come out here, he said, yes, I would love to speak about the Eucharist because I'm hoping to do a book, a kind of a follow-up to the parish as a school of prayer on the Eucharist as a school of prayer. And I said, so really we should be getting royalties instead of you. But he didn't uh, didn't go for that. Um, As Father Christensen said, as Father Trainer said, we are getting ready for a year of the Eucharist. Uh, It hasn't been officially announced, so you guys are on the inside track here. And... um, But we wanted to start to begin to prepare for this year of the Eucharist. Now, when I talked to the bishop about the Eucharist, well, when the bishop talked to me about the year of the Eucharist, uh, what he said was, I want people, I want people to fall in love with Jesus in the Eucharist. I want them to know him there. I want them, and then he said, I, I found this meme, and he pulled up this meme that he had on his Facebook page, and he, and it said, it said you can never leave. You can never leave the Eucharist, not because, not because of, because it's Jesus. Because I can't, you can't leave the Lord because of this love, this encounter with the Lord. And he said, this is what I want, right? This is what I want. I want, I want people to never leave the church because of the love that they know and experience in the Eucharist. That's the reason, that's the whole reason for the year of the Eucharist that he wants. He wants us all to immerse ourselves in this encounter with Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. And, uh, and that's a beautiful thing. And I found that on the committee, as we've, been, as we've been preparing, it's been easy for us to sort of get caught up in the logistics of and how to do and what to teach and how this is all going to work and and people don't like this part we like that part and you know and and I was just praying in the chapel just earlier this weekend the lord just made it really clear to me in prayer that what he wants is he wants to for us to experience him to encounter him to know his love in the Holy Eucharist, to know that he wants to reveal himself to us in the Holy Eucharist. And that's what this year has to be about, is about the revelation of Christ to me and what he wants to give me. The Eucharist in itself, the, the Blessed Sacrament in itself, is so, when I think about it, when I, when I really start to consider and ponder what the Eucharist is, I am so amazed by it. Because I, I often think, uh, I had a friend who said once, you know, 
Um, you know, God became a man. God became a man. For, like, humbled him, complete, emptied himself, humbled himself to become one of us. And that would be enough for me. And so, but then he goes further in that he gives his life for me, dies on the cross for me. And that would be enough for me. But he rises from the dead so that I can live with him forever in heaven, and that would be enough for me. But now he goes even further, right, in that he comes to be with us in the form of bread and wine. I mean, you just think about that, 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 that God wants to, he doesn't want to wait for us to get to heaven to be close to him, to be, to be with him. He, he can't wait. He can't wait. Right, so he comes to us and he decides to right under bread and wine, bread and wine, and all of the ways that we mistreat the Eucharist or people abuse the Eucharist or there's people who attack the Eucharist, and um, and and we just sometimes we go up with indifference to receive the Eucharist, and uh, in all of that, still he chooses to come to us in the form of bread and wine. I mean, think about that. The, the desire of the Lord to be with us. That, that's, I think a lot about my desire for God, but I don't so often think about God's desire for me. Sometimes I don't pay as much attention to that. But God's desire for me is so much stronger than my desire for him. Uh, Father Christensen said in his homily yesterday, you know, he comes to us, he becomes one of us, a man like us in all things but sin, dies for us, rises again, pours out his Holy Spirit again, and then comes to us in the form of bread and wine because he wants to, to be with us. And, and so that, that's the love that our bishop wants every person in this diocese to know about. He wants every person in this diocese to know that love. This, that is what the year of the Eucharist is about. That is what the year of the Eucharist is all about. Um, and so in this year, I, I think as I was praying, I realized what the Lord wants is he wants us to reveal his love. And so he wants us to share our encounters with Jesus in the Eucharist. And, you know, we're going to learn more about the Eucharist in this year. We're going to hear, um, hear talks on Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, and, and, and But more especially, we're going to have opportunities to encounter him in the Eucharist, in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, in Adoration, in Holy Communion. Um, the, those opportunities and our sharing of our testimonies, of our encounters with Jesus in the Eucharist, this is the, what we need to share. This is what the year has to be. It has to be my showing the love that I've experienced with Christ so that you can enter into that love and receive and recognize that love also. So I know you all have your own encounters with Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, now, some of you might have some that come to mind immediately, like, yeah, this, I remember, you know. And others of you might be thinking, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I can't think of anything really. But everybody here has had an encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist. And so... Um, so take that to prayer, as I took that to prayer, to say, Lord, what are, where, show me what you want me to share about 
an encounter that I've had with you in the Eucharist. And I got a whole bunch of them that I didn't know I had, like came to mind as I was praying, just the Lord just started sort of revealing some of those to me. I want to share a few of them with you, a few encounters um, that I've had with Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Um, and this doesn't even scratch the surface uh, as to what the Lord has done for me in, 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 his, in his body, blood, soul, and divinity uh, under the form of bread and wine. Um, and I want to say it started at when I was a student. And actually, I, no, it started when I was baptized, and it started when I received my first Holy Communion, right? It started way back then. But I want to, I want to share with you uh, a moment of recognition in my own life that happened when I was a student at Creighton University. Um, I, if you've ever been to Creighton University, you recognize this uh, church. This is St. John's Church. And when I was at Creighton, I, um, I was not particularly close to the Lord when I first came to to Creighton University, but I spent a lot of time in that church when I was there um, because it was so peaceful and so beautiful and so quiet. This is the inside of that um, of that church, and um, and so I would sit in the back of that church when it was empty, and I would just um, sometimes I would just study. Sometimes I wasn't always necessarily coming there to pray or to talk to the Lord. I just liked the I just liked to be there. And but when I was there. And when I was um, just sitting in the chapel and really not knowing what I was doing there, um, the Lord spoke to my heart there in a profound way. Um, I heard his call to serve him in the church, and it completely changed the course of my life. It just took a a, a 180 from where I was headed uh, at Creighton University um, to follow the Lord to serve him in his church. He didn't... He didn't give me details about what that meant or explain it all to me, but I knew it. Um, and, uh, and he led me as I started to take steps toward him. And that continued as I, as I grew, and eventually I, I ended up at Franciscan University studying theology. And when I was there, um, this place became a place where I encountered the Lord in a profound way. This is called the Porziunkleta. It's a replica of the church that St. Francis prayed at in Assisi. They have a replica of that chapel on the campus of Franciscan University. And, and in that chapel, they have you can see the tabernacle there, but um, most of the time, that's, that's a perpetual adoration chapel. Uh, those doors of that tabernacle open up to reveal a monstrance. And uh, so because they had perpetual adoration there, they asked the students to sign up for an hour of adoration. And so my first semester there, I signed up for an hour of adoration. And it was the first time I ever in my life had that opportunity. I never had, we never had perpetual adoration anywhere else I had lived um, before that. And so, so I signed up for an hour that semester. And, um, and then the next semester I signed up for two hours. And then the next semester I signed up for three hours because it was such a profound place and and such a had such a profound um, meaning to me and the Lord really um, touched my heart there and the Lord said to me and this was before I knew that a holy hour was something that people did like a daily like make a whole daily holy hour I didn't know that the Lord spoke to me and said I want you to come here for an hour every day when I was there and so that three hours a week became a daily holy hour. And, um, 
And I know today that when I'm not, when I, when I don't, ha- when I miss my holy hour for some reason, um, which almost never happens, but if I do, it th- throws off my whole day. I can't, right? The, I rely so completely on Jesus in the Eucharist that I don't know how people function without him because of how it is for me. I know that I absolutely need him and need to spend that time with him. And so I started to, I started to pray um, in, you know, regular daily holy hour, and that continued um, after college. And, uh, and then I started making an annual retreat, and when I make a retreat, I have to be able to be with Jesus in the Eucharist. That's an essential for my retreat. Uh, and I remember there was one retreat I was on where the Lord was doing this profound work of healing in my heart. And, um, and I remember that he said to me, it was really difficult for me to receive the healing that the Lord wanted to give me. And I remember that he said to me, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal this. I'm going to seal it up when, in, when you receive Holy Communion at Mass. And I thought to myself, yeah, okay, well, maybe Jesus said that to me. Or maybe he didn't, you know, uh, skeptic that I am. And I was talking to my spiritual director that day on retreat, and he said to me, almost the same words that Jesus said. He said, the Lord is going to seal this up for you in the, when you receive Holy Communion at Mass. He said exactly the same thing. And so I knew that it was the Lord at work. And so when I, when I went to communion that day, I found myself praying for that, that experience of uniting my heart with the heart of Jesus in Holy Communion. And I didn't what I didn't know at the time also was that in receiving Holy Communion, the Lord offers us healing, right? He heals us in the reception of Holy Communion. Um, and I think of, there's a couple of prayers that the priest prays before he receives Holy Communion. I don't know if you know these. Um, and Father, you'll have to correct me if I get them wrong. Um, but one of them goes like this, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death brought life to the world. Free me by this, your most holy body and blood, from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. And the other one is this. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy be for me protection in mind and body, and a healing remedy. Let it be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Is that right? Yeah. And so the priests pray these, this prayer, one of those two prayers, I think, um, before he receives Holy Communion. I always think there's lots of prayers of the priests that I wish they would share with us. You know, <laughs> right? Like I think, oh, wow. So I have a habit of praying these prayers before I receive Holy Communion now also because of the healing that I experienced on that retreat through Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. And it's as simple as that, you know? Like, sometimes I think uh, that, that I think that in order to receive healing, like, I have to go through all of these hoops and fix things and, you know, try to get... The, what, and sometimes it's just the Lord just wants me to receive him, and he's going to take care of it, you know? He's going to just heal it. And that was the experience that I had, um, which connects to another experience that I had, uh, I was on a holy. Uh, I was on a pilgrimage uh, to to Italy, 
And um, has anybody ever been to the shrine at Lanciano, Italy in Lanciano? Anybody? Yeah, a couple of you. Um, right, profound place um, of this, uh, this Eucharistic miracle, famous Eucharistic miracle that happened in Lanciano where the precious blood, um, uh, the, the form of wine changed into actual blood, right? And the host changed into actual flesh. Um, and there's Eucharist, there's a number of Eucharistic miracles around the world. Um, and we saw a few of them on this pilgrimage in Italy, but when we went to Lanciano, there was something really profound there that struck my heart. And that was that, um, that was just the, the reality of looking at this flesh, right, that, that is still preserved there. The reality of looking at this flesh and, and recognizing that this really is, right, this really is Jesus. This really is Jesus. And, um, but interestingly, um, what he said to me was, what the Lord said to me was, you know, I'm the same in that tabernacle in Rapid City, right? It's the same. I'm the same person. You don't have to come all the way to Italy, right? (laughs) I'm here as real there and as much flesh and blood there as I am here. And, uh, and the other thing that struck me is in all the Eucharistic miracles that we've had, when they test it scientifically, right, you know that it's, it's the heart, it's heart muscle. The Lord gives us his heart, right? And where the enemy tries to dishearten us, the Lord gives us his heart uh, to enhearten us, to encourage us through Holy Communion. Um, it's his heart. Uh, and... S- all of these experiences with the Lord in Holy Communion, all of the things um, that he's done um, have become a center of my life. I, I just added this picture. It's from my consecration because all, all of the sacraments and, and this rite of consecration, they're all centered on the Eucharist, right? They're all tied to the Eucharist. And so my vocation deeply tied to the Eucharist in the most intimate moment of communion that I have with Jesus is in the holy sacrifice of the mass but this is the place where I'm united with him so there was one day and this wasn't all that long ago that uh, I was receiving holy communion I was I went up to receive holy communion and you know um, have you ever had that happen where um, the host like sticks to the top of your mouth and you like you want to be really reverent about that and um and I was I'd received communion and I it was kind of stuck and I was and what went through my head the thought that came to me was I should be more reverent and the Lord interrupted that thought uh to say to me to show me how much joy he has in being with me in holy communion like, yeah, it's Susan, right? I'm worried about being reverent. He's like, yeah, hey, I'm, you, don't, you don't know how joyful I am to be with you in Holy Communion. And I think that that's, and it was for me, you know, yeah, okay, right? But I don't think about that. I don't think about that that often. The joy that God has, that Jesus has when I receive him in Holy Communion, the joy he has to be with me. Um. I started, so that led me to um, 
I started to do a, a script this because this is what I do. I did a scripture study on the joy of the Lord because I started thinking about, you know, I know this is a scripture talks about our joy, right? And the joy God gives us and, you know, right, being joyful in the Lord. But where does it talk about Jesus's joy, right? Does that Jesus has joy? Well, I did find a few key passages. Oh, there's actually more than you might think. But um, I, I want to share those, just three of them with you that really, really struck me. Um, this one is from... This is from John chapter 17, which is one of the scriptures Father Trainer referenced. John chapter 17, verse 13. But now I am coming to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. That's Jesus, right, praying to the Father, right? That they may have, they, his disciples, us, right, may have my joy fulfilled in themselves, Matthew chapter 25, verse 23. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Which is interesting to me because it doesn't say receive joy or joy enters into you. It says enter into my joy, that I enter into the joy of the Lord. And finally, this is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, for the sake of his joy, he endured the cross, died for us, rose again, comes to us in Holy Communion, in the Holy Eucharist, for his joy. His joy, the joy he has in being with us. Okay, so this year, this year of the Eucharist, uh, we're going to have many opportunities for Mass, for adoration. All of our faith formation is going to be centered around the Eucharist this coming year. Uh, faith on the Road, Refuel, Pastoral Ministry Days, we're going to, all, all of it is going to be about the Holy Eucharist and Jesus' love for us, his joy in us, in Holy Communion. And we're going to share with parishes all kinds of resources and lesson plans, ideas, liturgies, all things to help us celebrate the year of the Eucharist. But the most important thing for us, I think, to prepare for the year of the Eucharist and to share that with other people is to fall in love with Jesus again in the Eucharist, to fall in love with him, to to be with him, to receive him there, to receive what he has to give us in the Eucharist. That's the best way that you and I can prepare for and enter into and live out the year of the Eucharist, to fall in love with him, to be with him. And then, as Father reminded us, to share that joy and love with others. Um, share your stories of encountering Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, share your testimony. Share the experiences that you've had with the Lord in the Eucharist um, and go to him to receive from him in the Eucharist, to encounter him, to have more experiences of his, that encounter in the Eucharist. Um, and then we're going to give people in the parishes opportunities to encounter him there. So we want to share with them how to pray, how to be with them. Father Trainer gave us all kinds of foundational stuff right, to help people 
to, re- to speak to the Lord, to receive from the Lord, to encounter him in the Holy Eucharist. Um, as Father Trainer said, you know, he got guidance from people around him, right? He talked about his, his evangelical friends who led him, right, closer into a closer relationship with the Lord. Um, that's how the Lord wants, he wants to use us in that way. For who? I don't know. For the people in at least the world he has given to us, at least that world, right? Um, and to, to help them to talk to him as a trusted friend, to share with him everything on our heart, all those things that Father Trainer to grow in intimacy with him, right? John Paul II said the aim of catechesis is to put people not only in touch with, but in communion, in intimacy with Jesus Christ. That's from his, his letter on catechesis in our time, right? To put people not only in touch, but in communion, in intimacy. He uses that word, in intimacy with Jesus Christ. Um, so, um, we'll receive more information from the Bishop's Office about this coming year, and we'll receive all kinds of more things. But remember, the year of the Eucharist, this year of the Eucharist, Jesus wants to reveal to us how more deeply how much joy he has in being with us, how much joy he has, how much joy he has, how, much, how deep is his desire to come to you and me, in the Eucharist. Let him reveal that to you. Um, And when you go to prayer, uh, like St. Ignatius said, let the Lord look on you with love. He said, let the Lord, like start your prayer by just letting the Lord gaze on you with love. Give him time to look at you, to reveal his love to you, to reveal his joy to you. He wants to be with you. So um, let's share that good news with the whole world, or at least with the world he has given to us. Uh, and um, I want to close, um, I want to close by praying this, um, I want to close by praying this prayer, uh, the Anima Christi. There's all sorts of different translations of the Anima Christi. Uh, this is one that I know and pray, so you're stuck with it. <laughs> um, and if there's anything to say about this whole weekend experience and this, as we move forward and look ahead to Corpus Christi and the year of the year, let him, let him love you. Let him show your, his joy to you. Let him know his desire for you and receive that, receive that love, receive that joy. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of the Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within me, your wounds hide me. Separated from you, let me never be. From the evil who might defend me, at the hour of my death, call me. And close to you, bid me, that with thy saints I may praise thee forever and ever. Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right, thank you. All right, well.
Well, thank you, Susan, for that. Um, I have a few uh, tidying up uh, remarks, and then we'll be able to head out to the little snow globe that we have going on right here. It's very, very nice, just kind of floating around, so not sticking to the ground, thanks be to God. Um, once again, what a great blessing to have Father uh, Scott Trainer here. Uh, pray for him and uh, his work in his parish uh, over St. Benedict's in, uh, in Yankton. Um, thanks to all the people that work behind the scenes here, both uh, the, uh, on the diocesan level and the Office of Pastoral Ministries to plan uh, and to execute these. And, and of course, uh, the blessing that St. Uh, Terra Santa is to us, the, all the people that uh, meals, cleaning, setting up, taking down, uh, and the great support that we have here. This is a really a, an amazing a gift in our diocese that we have. It was a sacrifice of many people, but it's really a blessing from God in the end uh, that we are able to enjoy our time here. As you guys depart, um, take with you the, the great joy of the Lord. The, the joy that he has in you, especially in the Eucharist that we share, uh, and the anticipation that we have for the year of the Eucharist beginning uh, this coming Corpus Christi. Um, and as you go, Dion will have that basket over there on the chair. So your lanyards and your name tags, if you've been collecting them on your dresser, don't do that. Today we're going to drop these off and put them over. I have a collection on my dresser. Um, so they'll go right over there. Uh, and uh, um, you're heading home safely. Thanks again for participating. Refuel next year. Come again and, and uh, bring more folks from your pastoral ministry, from your parish, uh, to be inflamed with the, with the love of God and the power of His Holy Spirit. The Lord be with you. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.